0: You're listening to Dentistry's Growing with Grace podcast. Hello, I'm Grace Rizza. I'm very excited to be here with Bruce from Apex Design Build today. Hi, Bruce. How are you?
1: I'm doing great, Grace. Thanks for having me on.
0: Oh, thanks for being here. So, for those of you who don't know, Bruce, um, Bruce, tell us a little bit about Apex and and how you got to be where you're at.
1: Sure, happy to. So. Uh, We're a four-generation family-owned company, so we've been around for a long time. Uh, We are a uh, fully integrated design, architecture, and construction firm, and we only work in healthcare. Um, So, you know, we we deliver state-of-the-art practices uh, for discerning professionals, really around the upper Midwest. We're based here in Chicago. Uh, We work in, uh, so far I went, Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, doing some work in Minnesota. So, you know, that's kind of our footprint. But yeah, we work with all types of professional uh, healthcare professionals, been in dentistry for over 30 years. So we know the dental world well.
0: That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Um, we've worked on some accounts together where, you know, we've built out the marketing side and you've worked on the, on the practice. And it's so important that both of those things exist and that they line up. So, talk to me a little bit about how the appearance and the aesthetic of the practice impacts the new patient acquisition process.
1: Yeah, super important. Um, so we talk about the first impressions a lot. Uh, you know, coming into a practice uh, for the first time as a patient, or even even you know, for the second or third or fourth time, and you know, first pr- first impressions you can only make them once. Uh, there's plenty of studies out there as far as uh, you know how quickly the first impression is made, uh, but the point is is that it's quick, and you only have one chance to make that first impression, um, and it means a lot to them when they walk in, and, and that the environment that they step into matches the type of patient care that the uh, you know professionals professionals are providing. Um, you know, we know plenty of. Uh, doctors who they're fantastic uh, in their profession, uh, but the practice doesn't reflect that, you know, and it, it actually does them a disservice because before the patient can even get in the chair, they've already got some sort of, uh, you know, calculation or, or judgment about the practice and the, and the practitioner. Uh, so we, we see it all the time, you know, patients, um, they, they comment on what it was like when they first came into the practice. They, the receptionist greeted them and the space around them, how it looked, how it felt, how it smelled. <laughs> Everything matters about, you know, catering to the senses.
0: Absolutely. And even when I see reviews on practices, whether they're five-star or one-star, and we know there's not a whole lot in between, right? People mm-hmm. are either really happy or they hate you. Right. Um, whenever we see these reviews, a lot of times they'll say the office was really nice, or they'll say, they'll comment on, it, it was dirty and even if it wasn't dirty but it's outdated or maybe you haven't even updated the paint in a while that really starts to just bring down the whole brand
1: it does. Yeah.
0: everything follows um, it's funny to hear you talk about this because I feel like I'm talking to myself when I talk about building your website I often say things like your website doesn't match your level of expertise you're over here doing xyz but your website's like talking badly about you and sometimes it's the same thing for your practice your practice is like talking crap right right. so we we want we want to make sure everything fits um
1: yeah the branding is um you know it should tie across from the you know the website to you know the, the visual of whatever they might see online to when they actually step into the practice it should all talk together and support you know, one another in that, in that effort of creating a, a brand, you know, a presence of this is who we are, this is what we stand for, this is what you can expect when you come to our practice. So.
0: And people want, people want to know that. They want to know what your office looks like before they get there. They want that Google tour. Sometimes they'll even go to Google and look up images of your practice submitted by other people. People think like, well, if I just don't share it, then no one else will. People won't be able to see what we look like until they get here. And then once they meet us, they're going to love us. So it's not going to have a big impact. But in 2019, like people can submit pictures of your business to Google without you having anything to do with it. And you can't really do that. You can't really work around it. You want everything to kind of fit. So I've got a question for you, Bruce, that's way not on our agenda. So I like to surprise people.
1: <laughs> Go for it
0: so what would you say to the person who really wants to to rebuild in like two years Mm -hmm. but they just do not currently have the cash flow now like they just maybe purchased or something and they're planning it out in the near future and they want to make a few updates Mm -hmm. um do you have some sort of package where you can help people figure out what they can do and then you've got like so what we're gonna do in two years, and then what we're gonna do now? Do you ever help people in that way, or is it all or nothing?
1: All or nothing. Yet, I mean, there's a, it is a it is a common inquiry, I suppose. Um, you know, especially with you know, younger professionals that buy out of practice, and and that's that's the, sort of the point at which they say, well, now this is mine. I wanna I want it to match, you know, what I'm trying to do, the level of care I'm providing, or the type of patient I'm trying to cater to. And honestly, that's that's super important to be thinking of that way too. If you acquire a practice, oftentimes you know the practice is needing some some uh, improvements. A lot of times the uh, the patient base follows the practitioner as well in the sense of you know age, and they get maybe used to what they see at the practice when they come. But if a uh, you know new doctor moves into the practice. What are we gonna do? You know, I can't afford to do a total rebuild or relocation right now. We uh, we advise, you know, try to create uh, points of interest in the space that do speak to the brand that you want and that do speak to the type of patient base that you want to attract. It's a tricky sort of transition because you're trying to maintain the client base that you have, the patient base you have, but then start to introduce the new patient base as well and everything needs to work uh, for the practice that way uh, it can be simple things it really can you know even just uh, adding more of a concierge type of feel to the practice is maybe the objective so you have uh, you know a beverage station that maybe wasn't there before you might even just clean up the reception area um, with some some fresh welcome sort of feel um, you can lighting is super impactful as well you can take a dingy practice and make it feel bright and airy by improving the quality of lighting, Um, you know, there are just, there's small things that can mean a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. and every, every situation is different too. So there's not really like a pre-built package we walk in and say, well, here's what you need to do to, to make that mini step until you can make the big jump. It's more like look at the given scenario, look at the given space. And what can we do to, you know, in the interim, uh, Steer the practice the way we want it to go.
0: Absolutely,
1: so, certainly can be achieved. Just the point, I suppose.
0: Oh well, good. And I like to hear that it's a custom approach because how can you possibly recommend right. a treatment plan without seeing someone's mouth? You know, it's the same exact thing. Um, that kind of leads me into my next question for you. If someone is about to buy a practice or they're looking at at financing a practice. Talk to me about what they can do to prepare for this. I see a lot of people purchase a practice and then they get in there and they realize, oh my gosh, the website's 10 years old and we really need to touch up the space or, or update the look of the building. How, how, when, at what point in time should, should people be considering the financials of those items? Mm-hmm. And how can they plan properly for that?
1: Yeah, see, if it's a first time for the doctor, uh, we believe in, in consulting the professionals that, uh, you know, that do this all the time and have been through this many, many times so they can guide them through it. Uh, folks like yourselves, like ourselves, like CPAs and bankers and other folks that do this, uh, can help steer them in the right direction. But you know, having a, a holistic view, is uh, critical. Uh, if it's the first time for a doctor to go through that type of uh, you know, transition in their career, whether they're buying a practice or starting new, it's really easy to overlook things. And it's easy to overlook uh, large sort of components of the type of project or transition that they're making. Um, so working with someone or you know various folks who can give them that holistic view is, is, is critical. Um uh, we run spreadsheets. I mean it, it's a matter of documenting here's what to expect. you know, don't forget working capital too. <laughs> you know you need to be able to practice and and grow your 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 practice even after you've made the acquisition or after you've done that build out. Um, and you know taking account of everything early is, very important Um, there's plenty of numbers that fly around the industry like oh expect this much for this well again every scenario is different while there might be benchmarks and industry normals uh let's do our due diligence Uh, and that's a big philosophy around here at apex due diligence first and then we can come to some accurate conclusions for Whatever the scenario is, you know, whatever the type of project it is, we're getting into. So I think that's my uh, my my biggest uh, nugget is just doing books have been through it. A lot of times, actually, doctors can find their colleagues are a are a major uh, component to that too. To say, well, I did it. Uh, I went through it. Here were some of the things that I didn't foresee and that came up later. Okay. Um, yeah, be willing to listen, be willing to learn if it's the first time. And, and I'm, I'm sure that, um, you know, if you just have that mentality of getting everything accounted for early on, then it will be a clearer picture for you.
0: I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think a lot of times people go, well, I'll get in there and then I'll think about it later. And mm-hmm. there's no real complete plan. Mm-hmm. And the doctors don't know what things cost. They have no idea like they've been in dental school or they've been working as an associate and they have just no frame of reference on, well, what's it going to take to make this practice look the way that I want Mm -hmm. it to look. And that conversation is later. And then it's like too late. Like I didn't budget for this. I didn't plan for this, but Mm -hmm. patients, the new patients aren't, aren't sticking around. They're not staying. They're not getting, we're not creating the, um, Emotion that we want with the current aesthetic and I think not even here's another thing too totally off-topic I love to throw (laughs) curveballs So I know that like throughout we've been in business 10 years and and throughout the past 10 years Like I've moved my office several times. We don't have foot traffic in our space. So it's not as important, but I've found that having a nicer office helps to attract higher quality employees and people that want to really enjoy their work environment. So, talk to me a little bit about the impact because it's not all about new patients and business. Like retaining a solid team is super important.
1: Very important. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you bring that up, and I'll share um, a real uh, example from one of our clients who went through this. Mature practice. Uh, I think practice have been um, you know in business for over thirty years. Um, And the doctor's uh, daughter came into the practice and the practice, you know, that was the succession plan. The practice needed to continue to grow and evolve came to a point where their lease came up. They needed to relocate or, or else, you know, renew, they needed to do something. They decided to relocate. Uh, We helped them through that process, uh, got, you know, them them moved into a new, new practice. And they didn't increase the, uh, you know, production per se much. They had one operatory uh, but they added a lot of square footage, a lot of space. And initially going into it, the concern was, well, you know, look, we, we've got a very efficient space now. We've got six operatories in a small, you know, in a very confined square footage. And we're happy about that because our rent rates down from what it would be if it's a larger space. You can, you know, kind of understand the thought process there. But ultimately, you know, we ended up building them a practice where, you know, we we felt it was Going to cater towards a lot more of an efficient workflow for the patients, for the staff, for everybody to work their way in and out of the space on a daily basis. Um, they got moved in. We went back and sat with the doctor three months after they had moved in, and uh, they shared with us that their their billings uh, were up thirty percent from any preceding month in the whole history of the of the practice. Hmm. That was thir- that was. Three, it was three months into this space, I believe, uh, and we said, why? Uh, the response was, well, a few things. Uh, importantly, my staff is proud to be here. They're walking lighter, they're working, you know, faster without longer hours or without needing to, you know, extend or stretch what they had been doing before. But if you can imagine their ability, the ease of working in the space they're happy to be there. They're the walking lighter. They're proud to come in every day, and they love to talk to their patients about, you know, the, the space and how happy they are to be there. Um, you can imagine in that type of environment, retention and attraction of of great staff is much is much easier, um, and the proof translates down to a financial uh, result as well. Um, so. I don't know if that touches on your question, but it, it, you know, we've seen it. It's, it's very, it it
0: definitely does. I, I live it. I live it. Um, I'm very good at digital design and aesthetics on a computer screen when it comes to a physical space, not my thing at all. So I've, it's funny because even my home, like people are like, did you just move in? I'm like, no, <laughs> but I really love to, like when I go out of town or whatever, I'll rent these beautifully designed homes and I'll just feel so much more at peace. Yeah. So it's, it's, and it's not just the build out. It's also the design and talk to me about how those two things have to come together.
1: Sure. Yeah. We, we talk about uh, form and function uh, and needing to, to find that balance and make sure it's the right balance. The space needs to work well physically um, but then the, uh, you know, the form of it, the aesthetics, need to complement the type of environment that you're creating. So, you know, every, every practice is somewhat unique, uh, and it's just important that we, uh, through our early programming phase, can identify what are we trying to create. First of all, we spend a good amount of time defining the patient type. Uh, mm-hmm. So if it's uh, a pediatric practice or an orthodontic practice, you're going to have families and young kids, perhaps adolescents, uh, young adults, whatever, but you're, you're a different patient base than if you are an oral surgeon or an endodontist where it might be more sophisticated. Uh, The point is you need to define the patient type first before you can really define what type of space you're going to create. And then the two need to align. Um, Once it's defined, then you can, then, you know, our team can help establish, uh, how are we going to finish the space? What's well, going to be the design aesthetic? Uh, and if it's done well, the patients will, when they come to the practice, it'll resonate super well with them, and it'll mm-hmm. be a place where they like to be, you know. And so a young professional feels super comfortable in the environment because the space was designed for them. Mm-hmm. It has all the, work in the, in the whatever's that they're looking for. Um, you know, it doesn't it doesn't uh, feel like a misfit. Um, so, yeah, the two are important: form and function, and uh, finding that balance is uh, it's what our design team does all day long.
0: I love it. So one other thing I want to mention just because someone 's taking notes somewhere, very literal notes, and I want to make sure that that no one is confused when it comes to matching your office to your branding of your practice. so sometimes when we talk to people. Um, and they're building out a new website per se, and we've got some bright colors on the website. It doesn't mean you need to paint the walls, the same colors that you have on the website. Right. Did you have anyone that ever talks to you about like a, a literal, like 100% connection and you're like, mm, you know, let's, let's tame this down a little. Let's think about actual yeah. design principles and, yeah. then, and then marry them. And I don't yeah. know. Do you ever see that?
1: Yeah, yeah, we do. I mean, we. I'm going to kind of cross the line over into your territory a little bit, but the difference between brand and branding, right? So brand is is who you are as a as a uh, as a group, as a company, as a business. You know, your practice stands for something, and then the branding is more the you know the uh, uh, implementation Mark- of that, right? It's yeah, mar- the
0: marketing materials that support the reputation. Yeah.
1: So yeah. the branding side of it, uh, you know, the colors, the literal colors, that's, you know, it might have a place in the design. It might have a certain uh, component to it, but you're not going to paint every wall orange if you have some orange in the branding. Um, instead, it's what does the practice stand for and what is our patient base looking for? And we're, and we're going to make sure the space reflects that. Um, you know, it's... it's uh, Again, it's a balancing act. It's making sure that there is some visual connection because they might see something online on the website and that's been done purposefully, you know, whatever they see online. And hopefully. So yeah, yeah, hopefully it should be if they hire a great <laughs> uh, So there should be some connection when they come to the practice, right? But it's not everything that they see.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah thank you I, I just wanted to mention that because I've had so many people say well I want my walls red right. Like, that's not even the right color for your logo you know <laughs> but it's my favorite color and I'm very passionate I'm like red walls is not what anyone recommends right now so it's <laughs> it's always a challenge um, another thing I hear and and this is one of my like it's a rule of thumb is I see a lot of dentists and office managers trying to make the exception the rule so they fear that that one patient's going to walk into the practice and say oh well am i paying for this beautiful new office mm-hmm. have you ever heard anyone say that to you is there a reason for not updating the practice
1: yeah we, we hear that often and that you know there is there is some merit to that because it happens you know patients do come in and, and if the place is you know got blingy chandeliers hanging everywhere it might give off a vibe of, wow, that's a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, expensive. Wow, well,
0: I'm going to pay for this. This that's is going right. to be expensive.
1: The crown I'm about to get is going to pay for that chandelier. So, you know, it's uh, it still needs to be taken into account, though, that the alternative is what? If you don't have an environment that's uh, presenting itself uh, professionally and presenting itself the way that you want to be seen as a practitioner, What's the alternative? Are you gonna are you going to uh, you know cheapen your practice and, and ultimately that gives a connotation that your services are such as well? I feel there's a really, really strong connection there. Uh, you know, anytime I'm you, know, you walk into a, a restaurant or something even and you say from the second you walk in, you you're starting to already you know make a judgment of what the food's gonna be like. I mean there, there's such a there's such a close connection to uh, the space, and then and then what you're going to get there, whatever you're there for. Um, you know, we get it a lot from clients where they say, "Well, I don't want to overbuild. I don't want to make it too fancy." Uh, and we always revert back to, "What are your patients looking for?"
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If, you know, if it's a really really high end practice, uh, you would hate to miss the mark. You'd hate to shoot too low. Um, but absolutely, if you're catering to families or something, you don't want to go over the top. You don't want the mom of three kids to feel like she can't afford to go to that practice if that's your ideal patient
0: base. Well, and I think most people are looking for value. Most people want to know that they're getting a good value for what they're paying for. So I, I would. I like the idea of looking at everything and lining it up and saying, who's your ideal patient and what do they value and let's meet them and let's build this for them. I love that mentality. We do the same thing with, their websites their branding. At the same time, some people are so afraid to ever have anything negative or have any sort of confrontation that they don't want to change anything. And that's when you really get stuck. Yeah. You can't be everything to everyone and and it's okay if you're looking to elevate your, you know, your new your patient base in general, bring in a different type of patient. Um it, it I mean, you've got to be okay not being everything to everyone to be memorable.
1: It's okay to deviate from you from what you think was you know a, a safe place to be with your practice. You know if you can if you're if you're planning to make a, a transition like you mentioned and, and attract a different type of patient, then you should most certainly think about the patient's journey from the second they walk in the door. hundred uh, yeah. percent. Yeah,
0: yeah. And when you do an update on your office, and when you say, yep, it's time. I'm excited. I want to do this. I deserve it. My team deserves it. My patients deserve it. Don't do it apologetically. Do it and explain why you did it and be proud of it. Embrace it. Embrace yeah. it. Market it. Communicate that to your patients. Write a letter as to why you did it and why you're excited for them to see it. And you know what? If it, if you didn't change your fees. Let them know, <laughs> like, we actually didn't change our fees. We just did this to make the office more, more fun and more enjoyable. People will be like, oh, great. I think people are afraid to like have any uncomfortable conversation, so they kind of hide from it Yeah. when you can just, just discuss it, just be open about it. Yeah.
1: And I've never heard uh, from any of our clients, you know, sharing negative feedback from their patients after they've made a change or made a, you know, a relocation. It's always, it's always positive. I mean, if someone, if someone's turned off by the fact that you're doing what you can to make it a better place for them to come, that's probably not a patient. You that's want.
0: on them. That's on them. That. Like right. if, that, if they're going to turn every positive into a negative, that's someone that's unreasonable. So exactly. Maybe they don't belong in your practice. Do you not. <laughs> um, let's see. So we talked about a lot of these things. Is there anything else that you want to touch on for our viewers and listeners?
1: You know, uh, I just think it's it's always good to have a, um, you know, a third sort of person look into your practice. And that applies to more than just what we do as designers, architects, and builders. It really applies to everything. But I would encourage uh, doctors and, and practice owners to look at the practice from an outside perspective on a regular basis, uh, because you can grow accustomed to to what you have and where you're at and who you are, um, but it's good to take that step back out of the daily whirlwind and and just look at it through the lens of your patient walking in the door, uh, and and if everything you feel lines up with what you want to be, then great. If it doesn't, make that small change. Uh, I mean that's. That's really, that's really uh, I think, important to the longevity of practices. It's easy to grow old, and it's easy to get left behind the pack. So That's, that's such
0: advice. great advice, Bruce. I hope everyone goes out and gets a secret chopper to come in. And if you want me to get you a secret chopper, call me. I will put someone in there to tell you everything that could be better. And sometimes you've got to just rip it apart. That's how you grow. So I agree. I I love it. Well, thank you so much for being here, Bruce. Um, I love your work. I've seen, I've been watching you for years and we've worked with some similar clients. I'm just excited to see Apex continue to grow and do great work. So for anyone who's in the, the Midwest, anywhere, anywhere near Chicago, or has questions that maybe you can help them with, how would they get in touch with you?
1: Um, best is probably just to reach out if they don't have a direct contact with anyone at Apex, uh, reach out through our website. It's really easy. Uh, and our marketing team will put you in touch with the appropriate uh, person here at Apex. Uh, we make ourselves super accessible. So, um, you know, website's easiest. You can find us on social media of course too, but just shoot a message over to the team and we'll, we'll be in touch. Uh, Great. Prompt.
0: And for our listeners who are not reading details, let's give them your uh, website address.
1: Sure. Yeah. It's, Apexdesignbuild.net.
0: Awesome. So don't
1: don't don't get the dot com. It's the dot net.
0: <laughs> Apexdesignbuild.net. That's it. Wonderful. Well, Bruce, thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you, Grace. Appreciate My pleasure. You right. Thank you.